Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Wedge, part of the Early Edge universe. And is it a tease when you're sitting in a beautiful hotel, you're on the road, you're getting ready for PGA Tour Live, and you look out your window and there's a foursome playing a green right out there? Oh, but I'd rather be right here getting ready for the Rocket Mortgage. The next event, it's a open qualifier, too. Two spots in the open coming up in a few weeks will be handed out this week at the Detroit Golf Club. Let's go take a look at the Caesars odds for the week. And we've got three guys. Well, Three right around the same. Morikawa, Fowler, and Fina in that plus 1,400, plus 1,500 range. Interesting to see a guy like Morikawa, JT, all in this. We'll discuss all of that coming up. Max Homa's there. Hideki, a really good field this week in Detroit. All right, let's bring in the stars of the show, and they've been fantastic the last couple of weeks. The counselor, Patrick McDonald. And gentlemen, I got to tell you, coming off a Travelers that was very, very hard to handicap, counselor, when you have a 25 under par, did you find that enjoyable or not enjoyable from last week? Well, it's tough to say because generally speaking, I don't like if it's an easier course, I don't mind. But it wasn't quite as enjoyable because especially down the stretch of the tournament, it's one thing for people to go low on, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. But when you kind of knew the tournament was decided and there wasn't really much trouble lurking for Keegan Bradley in this case, down the stretch, down the last nine, 14, 15 holes, you know, it kind of ended up being underwhelming. I mean, we're going to have another birdie fest this time out, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be a boring tournament. I don't think there's anybody that's going to necessarily run away with it. But yeah, those birdie fests do lend themselves to sometimes having a boring stretch run on Sunday. And Patrick, a lot of negativity on Twitter about Keegan Bradley and his victory. How can you call him a hometown boy? You say that about New York. Let's just give it to him. He had tears. He was happy i thought it was a good victory yeah absolutely and i mean new england's a pretty small area to begin with it's as big as some states if uh ricky fowler was getting the hometown treatment there at los angeles give it to keegan there but uh in regard to the excitement level of the tournament i would say it would have been very exciting if i had money on keegan bradley which i did not so with you guys <laughs> i agree i agree it you know left me uh wishing for a little more well, I had I played Ches Reeve live on Saturday morning, so I was not particularly happy that on Sunday he forgot his putter back at the hotel. So it was what it was. By the way, Joe said, is that a new early edge hat? Well, you know, I've made a couple, but I'm telling you right now, I'm done teasing you guys. August 1st, we will have a new merch store with everybody participating. Everybody. All right, let's get into it. Storylines could affect the pe- uh, betting lines uh, today. See, let's start with you. You got him already mentioned it, that this week it could be a birdie fest, but... Could we see perhaps a surprise name on Sunday evening? 
Yeah, and I think Birdie Fest sort of lend themselves to maybe some smaller names, longer odds, getting into the conversation on Sunday afternoon. And especially when you have a tournament that's not a designated event where Scotty Scheffler isn't playing, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, none of those guys are playing. Now, we still have some big names. Tony Finau is playing, Max Homa, uh, Sung J M, Hideki Matsuyama. There's plenty of big names here but not elite names. And so I do think that lends itself a little bit for somebody from the back of the pack, from an odd standpoint to come catch something, maybe even a win on Sunday, you know, granted I'm going to have guys at shorter odds and maybe a guy or two at longer odds, but from a DFS and betting standpoint, it does lend itself to being very creative with your bets and with your DFS lineups. And Patrick, I'm going to give you two numbers, 32 and 66. Do you have any idea what those two numbers mean today? How could I not, Coach? I mean, the FedEx Cup standing of Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas, and I'll throw in another one, 52 for Hideki Matsuyama. With the decrease in the number of players entering the postseason, we only get the top 70 this year, unlike the top 125. The unintended consequence has been, yes, the PGA Tour was trying to trim the fat, but some of the big names – are in that fat, like a Justin Thomas, who kind of found some form there at the Travelers Championship, had his best, best approach play since the 2021 Workday Championship. That was, that was the start before his Players' Championship victory, by the way. He needs a big stretch uh, starting now, and as does Hideki Matsuyama. If he wants to get into the BMW Championship, he's on the outside looking in. Colin Morikawa is on the outside looking in of the Tour Championship. So it's not just the top 70 that the, uh, these guys are worried about, but kind of inching their way to East Lake uh, like a Morikawa type. This is one of the rule changes that I absolutely loved that the PGA Tour made was lowering for what now you still get to keep your tour card. If you finish in the top 125, you don't lose that. You don't have to go to the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs, but you don't get to participate in the playoffs. That's a big deal when you've got millions and tens of millions in bonuses to play for. That's why JT, in my opinion, is playing this week. Thank you, gentlemen, for those storylines. By the way, a little added bonus this week. The great Steve Scott, part of the crew here on the Early Wedge. He's in the chat right now. If you have any questions on this week's tournament, or any other tournament, put them in the chat. He will answer them in real time. All right. You know, we do everything here at the Early Wedge, including DFS. Very popular fantasy. So, Counselor, I'm going to start with you. I need three that I can play, and I need a fade. Talk to me. You'll hear a couple familiar names here, one that I haven't mentioned, but let's start with Austin Eckrode at 8,000. I mean, this guy has just been so good. He's really constantly underpriced at this point we got to give him a little bit of respect and in this tournament i think he can do some serious damage with the ball striking with the putter i think we've got great value at eight thousand. and i'll mention there was somebody in the chat it's caddy daddy nice handle there he says adam hadwin top 40 for plus 115 i'm only mentioning that comment because i do think adam hadwin is a decent pivot off of Austin Eckrode, because Eckrode will be pretty popular in DFS. That's my guess. Uh, Adam Hadwin at 8,100 right next to him is a decent pivot. I think he's really sneaky this week. Doug Gim's my other guy at 7,400. Now, Doug Gim is a guy I haven't really mentioned, but at a certain point, you have to acknowledge what we see. And in, in, in the eye test, Doug Gim is passing, but the metrics are really speaking to the fact that the ball striking is completely back with Doug Gim. And the putter, while it's usually a disaster, is actually at least okay at this point. And in a field like this, we've seen, it's been a while, but we've seen Doug Gim contend down the stretch of big tournaments before. I think in this field, Doug Gim could really do some damage. It's a nice price at 7,400. And then Carson Young. 
boy, I, I really need to just put this on a loop. And so I can just take a rest <laughs> during the Carson Young portion of the early wedge because we collectively and myself have been saying his name over and over and over again. And he's still not priced up enough at 7,000. Carson Young has been doing everything right, including putting the lights out. The approach play has been very good. And then finally, my fade. It shouldn't surprise anybody uh, in this 10K range. There's a few guys that I do like and, and in the 9K range as well to start off your lineups and have some of these value guys in there. But Max Homa is not one of those guys. I'm sure Max Homa will bounce back. I'm just not counting on him bouncing back at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's in a valley right now, Counselor. He's not playing good golf. He didn't play good last week uh, at the Travelers. This is a great fate, but because of his last year, he. He's still above 10,000. These sports books, they've got to make these adjustments, and they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Uh, by the way, people in the chat are talking about EC merch. You know he's part of the early wedge. And Rick says it's going to drive Coach nuts. Uh, he might not even acknowledge that EC is a bestseller. EC will not be a bestseller. I'll make sure of that. All right. I just had to address that for a second. All right, Patrick McDonald, give me your three and a fade. Yeah, I'll kick it off with J.J. Spawn again. We looked his way last week. He missed the cut for us, unfortunately, but he was great off the tee. Great, gained three strokes in his two rounds before TPC River Highlands. He had gained strokes on approach in eight straight, and he loves this golf course. Four for four. He's played in all four editions of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's made the cut in each. T13 in his debut. T8 here last year, and he puts the crap out of the golf ball on these greens. You're going to need that with low scores there in Detroit. And then I'll take a chance on Thomas Dietrich at 7,400. Uh, he's 24th in total strokes gained over the last six months. He's long off the tee, a great putter. That's a great uh, you know combination if you're looking for birdie chances. And he has five top 25 finishes in his last 11 starts. So I, I like the upside there from him. Uh, you know, from mid 7,000, I think that's a bargain. And then Lee Hodges is someone who a lot of people liked until he burned a lot of people last week uh, at 7,200. Mm -hmm. He's 21st in total strokes gained over the last three months, three straight top 30 finishes before the Travelers Championship, including that T12 at Memorial. And then I'm going to fade Tony Finau at 10 9. Uh, truthfully, I, I kind of like the top of this DFS wise, but uh, Finau's putter is really concerning. It's been quite poor since the Mexico Open. I bought in on him last week in the, from a betting perspective, but I think DFS wise, uh, he's an easy guy to fade for me. Now, there is some synergy here because you mentioned the Mexico Open. Do you know who called the main feed for the Mexico Open when Tony Finau won? Uh, I, have, I have no idea. No idea, coach. Uh, see, see, you got your hand up. See, what, what's your guess? Oh, thanks, coach. Uh, my guess is the coach. Oh, <laughs> ding, ding, yes. ding, 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 ding. And guess who's on the main feed this week for the Rocket Mortgage? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, see, you have your hand up. Uh, my guess is the coach. Oh, <laughs> if we had merch already, I would give you two T-shirts. I would. If we had merch yet, I'd give you two T-shirts. All right. You're really smart, Patrick. What are you doing? What are you doing? Let's go. Let's go. It was a long weekend. Uh, still still a little fuzzy. <laughs> I understand. It happens. It happens. Now, I tell you all the time, my guys are expensive. And we're growing, which means we got to pay those pesky little bills. Now, we're everywhere, including us three right here. We're going to show up on Wednesday night right here. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Joe just wrote something in the chat that's never been said before, and I hope it's never said again. I would love to see Buckets calling the tournament. Can you imagine Buckets calling golf? Okay, that's a really good idea. <laughs> like, honestly, like that would be amazing content. He says, welcome to the third hole, par four, 390, the yards. And he just, oh, my gosh. Oh, now that's, that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Hey, Joe, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And you know Buckets is going to show up in the chat and say, Steve, get out. All right, now. You guys know my two guys. The reason I don't participate in this next little segment of the show is because I'm just not as good at it as these two guys are. We routinely either cash or write there every single week. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Patrick, I'm going to start with you. This is a weird synergy type of situation. All three guys, same number, and it's a number that's not particularly fond of or people are not particularly fond of. Uh, how did you manage this? Uh, very devilish. I uh, was doing a seance here in Charleston, South Carolina, and and the man from down under spoke to me, and he gave me three names. The first, J.J. Spawn, which I already discussed, but the second, Alex Smalley. This is a kid out of Duke who belongs to a Donald Ross design, Sedgefield Country Club, host of the Wyndham Championship. Uh, and this, he's just striking the crap out of the golf ball at the moment. He finished T9 at the Travelers Championship, uh, hit – 50 out of 54 greens in his last three rounds. Uh, tee to green, it's perfect. He just needs to roll in a few putts. And then I am buying in on Ludwig Aberg this week every which way. He is paired with European Ryder Cup captain Luke Donald the first two rounds. Make no mistake, I think there's a way for Aberg to make his way onto that Ryder Cup team in Rome, he is unbelievable off the tee. He led the field off the tee at the Canadian Open. He was fourth off the tee at the Travelers Championship. Just needs a putter to cooperate. I think he'll have a chance. He's very motivated with Luke Donald right there by his side. So those three guys, all 66 to 1. And now I got to follow up on that. Aberg just coming out of Texas Tech. He was the number one player on the PGA Tour Velocity Global Standings, which means he has a full PGA Tour card right out of college. That's how he's playing every single week. Why do you think he's going to make the Ryder Cup team? The, the back end, the last, I would say, three to four spots are up in the air. I think there's about eight locks for the European side. And just the upside that Aberg has is unmatched compared to who he's competing against. It'd be someone like a, a Sepp Straka, potentially, or a Victor Perez. Uh, and, and we've seen young guys. Uh, you think about Ricky Fowler back in the day at a Celtic Manor when Corey Pavin made a selection of him. Mm -hmm. That was kind of controversial. Uh, you know, these young guys step up, and especially this day and age, these guys are more ready than ever, and I think he'd be a great asset to that team. This dude is an absolute stud. He's an absolute stud. By the way, Steve Scott, one of the top uh, coaches in America, a member of the PGA of America that puts on the Ryder Cup. Steve, put in the chat if you think Aberg could make it the Ryder Cup. I would love your thoughts on that, and I'm sure everybody in the chat would as well. All right, Patrick, thank you very much. All right, Counselor, as always, you give us a plethora of plays at different prices for different people. You're up. 
Yeah, I want to start with Aberg because I, I got the worst number. So I apologize. We're, we're going to change that. Uh, you can get Ludwig Aberg at 66 to 1 as opposed to 55 to 1. So I'll start right there. I absolutely love what Patrick said about Aberg. And I think he is the type of guy, first of all, he's the type of guy that can win this tournament, but he's also the type of guy that can explode any given round. And I think we're getting the benefit of longer odds, both from a tournament outright standpoint and a first round leader standpoint, because he's still a relative unknown. What's not an unknown is at the top of the board, Tom Kim at plus 3,500. Really like him for this course. Again, I think people think that this is just a bomber's paradise. And Tom Kim is not as short. And that might be true to some degree, although shorter hitters can succeed here. But Tom Kim is not as short as people think. Over the last 24, 36 rounds, we're seeing him approaching 300 yard, like a 300 yards uh, average drive distance. And, and that's actually like, you know, in the upper echelon. It's not certainly in the top 20 or top 30 by any means, but he's certainly not one of the shorter hitter. So I really like him in this tournament, but I really like him because we know he can catch fire with the putter and with the ball striking. Speaking of catching fire, Steven Yeager, the ball striking has been very good. He's really shown up on leaderboards, maybe not as the leader, but he's shown up on leaderboards in the first round. I think there's heavy potential there, especially in this field. A couple of longer shots, both at 80 to one here. Nick Hardy has sneakily been playing pretty good golf and he's a very good course fit here because he can bomb it off the tee. But the cool thing with Nick Hardy is that the putter has been great and the approach play has been above average. That is a lethal combination for Nick Hardy. And I think he's a very sneaky DFS play that could boom or bust, mind you, but a very sneaky first round leader play. So give me Nick Hardy at 80 to one. And then Doug Gim, I already mentioned him in the DFS portion of this, but I will say this. The putter he gained with the putter at the Travelers, he's gained with the putter this year on several occasions. And you can't normally say that about Duggan. He gained at the Wells Fargo. He gained at Valero. He gained at the RBC. So this is a guy who's improving with the putter and the ball striking has been insane. So I'll go ahead with Doug Gim as a first round leader as well. Yeah, Doug's been sneaky lately, too. I think he's playing really, really good golf. I like all five of these guys. Steven Yeager had a really good tournament last year here at the Detroit Golf Club as well. A couple of things from the chat. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, Coach, can you please say the yard in one of your segments at on PGA Tour Live? I'm a grown man. I'm an adult. I would never be suckered. Of course, I'll do that for you. Just I'll, I'll make sure not get caught. But of course, I'll do that. Now, Brock says no Ricky Fowler love. Brock, we've done two segments. We've done two segments. So <clears throat> next up, maybe a little Ricky Fowler love. Head-to-head -head matchups. As many of you know who tune in every single week, this is your bread and butter. If you're brand new to the early wedge, this is your bread and butter. This is where you should make full unit plays on every single one we give out. The other one's not so much, but head-to-head -head matchups, we've been fantastic, and this is really where you – now, it's not the most exciting, but you only got to be one guy, one guy. So, Patrick McDonald, I believe I'd love to come to you because I'm seeing four names that normally we don't see on the early wedge, so please – Explain yourself. Oh, yeah. The the bottom of the barrel, boys. I'm loving it right now. You guys went to the top, you know, you're at the rooftop <laughs> bar, drinking your champagne. I'm, I'm drinking well drinks in the dive bar around the corner with, with my boys. <laughs> Benny on minus 120 <laughs> over Mark Hubbard. Hubbard's playing some great golf, mind you, but I think Ben on's the most mispriced player on this board. I didn't play him outright. I'm thinking about it, to be honest with you. But last three months, he is second tee to green. 
third off the tee, 10th in total strokes gain, top 20 in approach and around the green. Like Sia said, there are a lot of ways to get it done around here, but we've seen bombers come through uh, like a Cam Davis. Jason Kokrak played well that uh, year as well. Bryson DeChambeau won here as well. So I love the course fit for Benny on at minus 120 over Mark Hubbard, who I think his lack of distance might hinder him a little bit this week enough for on to sneak by him. And then Alex Smalley minus 120 over Bez. Uh, Bez has just been super inconsistent over the last couple months. Missed three out of his last six cuts. One week he has the irons going, but the putter's not cooperating. The next week it's the opposite. So Smalley, much higher floor, much higher ceiling as well at minus 120. And then Thomas Dietrich minus 110 over Justin Suh. We faded Suh last week. It uh, worked out for us with uh, marathon man Eric Cole, who's on week 53 in a row of the year. And I'm going to go back to the fade with Dietrich. Uh, just, I-, I love the course fit, and I love the way he's playing over a prolonged period of time. So it's just relying too much on his putter for my liking. And then Taylor Moore, plus 105 over Adam Hadwin. This one's a bit of a toss-up. I like Moore's skill level uh, a, a lot more. He hasn't played great recently. He's missed a few cuts in a row. But I think long-term, you give me this matchup 100 times, I'm winning more than 50% of the time. And at this price, I'm taking that then. D Fresh 39 said, I knew Patrick would have that smallie over Seabaz. I'm all over that too. Thank you, D Fresh 39 <sighs> So much. Ryland says, I love this show. Ryland? Thank you for joining us. We love this show, too. There's nothing we like doing more than the early wedge. All right, Kessler, I'm seeing three names I absolutely love this week. I almost played all three. In fact, I did play one of the names against a different player. Talk to me. Yeah, and I'll point out, I'm glad you mentioned that because these are DraftKings matchups, except for the last one. The Ricky Fowler one is at Caesars. Let me start, though, with the two DraftKings matchups. Steven Yeager, minus 110 over Sepp Straka. Sepp Strzok has been pretty good, I got to admit. And frankly, Sepp and Steven Yeager are good at kind of the same thing. They have the same sort of profile, but Yeager does it a lot more consistently with the ball striking in particular. They both can get hot with the putter, but it's Yeager who has been far more consistent with the ball striking approach play off the tee. Both of them are great off the tee, but I'm going to take Steven Yeager's consistency here. I do want to point something out that I haven't been able to fully research, but there was somebody when we were doing the first cut yesterday with Rick, there was somebody who pointed out out that Steven Yeager is this must have been after the show that Steven Yeager lost over seven strokes which we brought up on that show yesterday he lost over seven strokes in the fourth round with the putter and somebody brought up the fact that he broke his putter mid-round and actually had to use his wedge to putt and they were actually broadcasting that on the ESPN plus feed I haven't had a chance to vet that but it actually makes sense because losing 7.42 strokes in one round it genuinely makes no sense. So I want you to probably disregard that terrible putter from Steven Yeager uh, in round four of the Travelers. Okay, on to finally the next one. Hideki Matsuyama minus 130 over Keegan Bradley. This is a pedigree play. Hideki has, first of all, been much better than Keegan Bradley this season, notwithstanding Keegan's win last week, but he's also a better golfer than Keegan Bradley. And while they both profile well for this course, I think Hideki Matsuyama is very alive to win this tournament. I can't say the same about Keegan Bradley. Hideki, since shaking off the neck injury, has been pretty consistent. A little shaky off the tee here and there. The approach plays amazing. The putter can get hot. Really like Hideki at minus 130. I think this should be like minus 150, to be honest. Ricky Fowler is the next one. This one, again, again is at Caesars. Minus 105 over Tony Finau. I think Ricky and Hideki are playing the best golf coming into this tournament of the entire field. And so when I get a Tony Finau, who's been very inconsistent since his win in Mexico, this one seems like a no-brainer to me. Tony Finau is a great course fit. He's the favorite in this matchup. But Ricky Fowler's playing such good golf 
on approach, off the tee, with the putter. He is gaining everywhere, tournament to tournament. So I'll take Ricky minus 105 over Tony Finau. Can you tell me, counselor, in his last four tournaments, because I wrote it down, the worst finish for Ricky Fowler? Oh, I'm going to guess 16th. 13th. 13. Wow. T6, T9, T5, T13. To back up your point. Amazing. He's been playing amazing, amazing golf. By the way, a lot of you are asking Steve questions in there. I love seeing that. It's really, really popping. Steve will also be on PGA Tour Live this week as well. I believe he's on the featured uh, featured groups, which is another amazing feed for different feeds on PGA Tour Live. And by the way, you mentioned Patrick going out and having a beer and hanging. Me and Steve are going to do that tomorrow night. We're hanging. We're going to have, have, have a beer down here in Jacksonville, Florida. We're not in Detroit. We don't have to go to Detroit. FOMO. FOMO on my Seriously. <laughs> yeah, they don't make us go to Detroit. It's kind of nice. Uh, so really quickly, I'll go through my Tony Fina over Sunjay M. Now, both of ours could hit. Council could win his, and I could win this one. Sunjay has not been playing great golf at all, and I wonder if playing a lot has worn him down. He had to go to Korea for a long trip. Who knows? Ricky Fowler, to me, if, if I would have told you guys six months ago that Ricky Fowler would be a minus 140 favor over Max what would you have said? No way. No way. But that's what it is now. All these are DraftKings. And I'm leaning into Justin Thomas. I don't think Colin Morikawa is completely healthy yet. I know he had a bad Thursday. He had a great Friday at the Travelers. But that back injury, he said, I've never had it before. So I'll take Justin Thomas, who's motivated 66 currently in the FedEx Cup standings. And then Tom Kim, he played well here last year. And I think he's going to play well here again this year. He played well last week, had a really nice Sunday until he stumbled late, minus 155. Now, I know it's a little juicy over Cam Davis, a former champion here. But sometimes the juice, you guys know, is worth the squeeze. All right. Now, real quick, before we get to our next segment, I think Joe may have just come up with another segment for the show. Joe says, I would love to hear Buckets pronounce Matsuyama. Hmm. What if we had one name a week where we just ask, like, can say Christian B. You always say it right, Counselor. I say it wrong. Christian B. How do you say his name? Uh, Christian Bezadenhout. Can you imagine if Buckets tried that? I actually can't, which is so beautiful. <laughs> that means he aver- we have to do this segment. We have to do this segment. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to work on it. This could be hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, my goodness. You guys are amazing in the chat. You guys give us so many ideas. That's why we're a crew together. All right. Next up, Snake Roll. Finishing positions. Now, this could be anything. This could be a top 10, a top 5, a top 20, a top 40, anything as far as a finishing position. We don't encourage you to put a full unit play on every single one of these, maybe a quarter, maybe a fifth, because they're difficult. They're difficult to hit. See you in a shot. We'll start with you. Yeah, I have three this week. I had four last week, three out of the four hit, and we had some longer odds, Shez Revi inside that top 40, among others. But I'm going to start with Tom Kim at plus 120. I think we're seeing enough consistency from him, especially in a watered-down field, where plus 120 actually looks pretty good to me because I really expect him to top 15, maybe top 10. I think he could even contend to win this tournament. So really like that play. And then a couple smaller names, one that's super familiar to all of us. Uh, I'll start there at Carson Young at plus 150, top 40. I mean, I I don't know what to say about Carson Young. The metrics are backing up uh, what his finishing positions are, and he's just not getting respect in the market. I honestly think this bet should, or this number should be like, at this point, top 40 plus 110 plus 115, but it's not. So we'll go ahead and take that money. Lee Hodges, you know, Patrick mentioned him uh, as a DFS play, and he really did disappoint last week. But I'm willing to overlook that because 
I think it was the approach play that was particularly bad for him last week during one round, but Lee Hodges has been very good across the board. So at plus 115, top 40, I'm expecting a bounce back there. All right. Uh, pause for people. Just got another $100 donation because that's what I'm going to start doing to myself when I screw Snake over and I send him the wrong numbers and then it makes him look bad because I made a mistake. Second week in a row, I've done that. Ricky Fowler is plus 180 for a top 10. And not a top 20. It's all on me. So pause for people. I'm sending you $100 to punish myself. So here's what we're going to do. Tom Kim, top 10 plus 230. That is correct. Because last year, he played really, really well. He's been stumbling a little bit. But I think now he's starting to find his feet. I think this week is a great week for him. Some good players. But not all the studs are here. Then Ricky Fowler, plus 180 for a top 10 as well. We just talked about it. T13 is the worst finish he's had in his last four starts. And then Justin Thomas, more of a gut feel. I had to go to a top 20. I thought about all three top 10 plays. Then I was like, yeah, maybe it was more the Travelers than it was Justin finding his game. So I'm going to take a shot here because he's highly motivated. Plus 105 for a top 20. All right. Now, where you're really going to make some money, where you're really, where it really is satisfying, that you get four days to root, and that's predicting a winner. So here's what we're going to do. Patrick McDonald, I'm coming to you and leave it to you to find a chalky, a little bit chalky, and then a long shot. But I love both. Who do you got? Yeah, Sia just spoke glowingly about Hideki Matsuyama, and I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think he is the top player in this field. T to green, he is number one over the last three months, second in approach, 11th around the green. And he's gained on the greens in three out of his last five, including last week at the Travelers, which uh, is the same putting surface that we'll have this week. So that bodes well for his chances. He's played well at this golf course before. He had a withdrawal one year, uh, but outside that, T13 and T21 finish. Uh, and then Ludwig Aberg, 50 to 1. I am buying in in all the hype. Like I said, off the tee has been <laughs> just stunning. I mean, just it's on a string, coach, with the driver. He's going to be in great position to set himself up for birdie. The rest of the game follows suit. I think we could be getting a first time winner in a big way with Ludwig. Doesn't it feel like to you, Patrick, four or five? How how many years ago when Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf all came out together and they all won like that? That's what I feel like Aberg's going to do. I think it's going to be, and it could be this week. This guy, and, and I encourage you to watch him. I'm sure I haven't even looked at the, at the, I will tweet out what the groups are that we have, but he's got to be in the featured groups. This guy is tall, lanky. I, he's like the prototype of the future. Do you agree? Absolutely. His swing is so repeatable. Uh, I mean, it looks like you're just watching like a, a video that's on a loop uh, when he's hitting the driver. And I totally agree. Mm -hmm. You have Sam Bennett in that group as well, who has played great at major championships so far. Gordon Sargent's in this field as, field as an amateur. Uh, so, yeah, it feels like the next young crop is here. I agree. Thank you, Patrick. All right, counselor, talk to me with your three. You, you also like Aberg this week. Yeah, and I'll start there. I like Aberg at, at 50 to 1. I think this is one of those situations where because he's still a relative unknown, we're getting a good price on him. Again, it's a watered down field, so he could absolutely splash the pot, if you will, with a win. And so I, I think, let's put it this way. In maybe two months, we're going to see Ludwig Aberg in a similar field at 35 to 1 and not 50 to 1. So we're definitely mm -hmm. getting tremendous value here, in my opinion. Uh, Colin Morikawa at the top at plus 1,800. This is one of those plays. It's more of a conviction play than anything else because one thing I don't like to do, both in betting and DFS, is really like a guy going into a tournament and then he has a bad day, like literally one bad day, misses a cut, and then I'm like, oh, I I'm not playing him. 
And so I, I just think I, I need to go back to Colin Morikawa because I really did trust and like him in a, in a birdie fest last week, and he let me down on Thursday. But I'm going to go back to him at plus 1,800. If you want to defer to what Patrick said about Hideki Matsuyama, I mean, I like that play too. Maybe you want to choose between the two, but I'm going with Colin here at plus 1,800. And then again, Tom, Tom Kim at 20 to 1. I think Tom Kim is ripe to win a tournament in this type of field, and I do think his distance and his accuracy uh, – I think they're actually a lot better from a distance standpoint than people think. I do want to also point out that Nola face in the chat, he says, hey, Kevin, you T20, T40. I do like Kevin, you as a T40. And, I, and speaking of distance, he bombs it and he's accurate. He is a prototype for this course. We just don't have a lot of metrics on him. But that's a good shout out Nola face for Kevin, you, because I think he absolutely could T40 this tournament. I love the fact that whether it's early edge, early edge, I can ask my guys and girls anything. At any moment, and they've got an answer for you. Uh, by the way, they pointed out that none of us picked Ricky. Here's the tough part. I don't like it. I know the guys don't like giving out multiple plus 1,400, plus 1,300. If you play two of those, you're not getting a huge return. Now you're spending two units or whatever you decide to bet on it. So I already had Tony Finau at plus 1,400, and Ricky is in the same boat. So that's the only reason. I do like Ricky this week, though. And then Tom Kim, same reason uh, that Sia had. I just think this could be his week in a plus 2,000. That's a pretty nice price in this field. I will say that. All right. We have one more segment to go. Thank you all for being so active and being so positive today as we head into the month of July. This is our long shots section. This could be absolutely anything. It could be a long shot for a win. It could be a parlay. EC, I know you're watching. could be anything. Patrick, in this, who do you – like that's kind of to me a long shot is north of plus five thousand. Yeah, I got two guys who I've talked about uh, a ton thus far, and it's going to be Alex Smalley at sixty to one and JJ Spawn at sixty six to one as my long shot selections. All right, thank you very much. Very concise. I like that. Now, see ya. Who would have thought that C Young? If I would have said C Young is playing great the last three or four months, that we would not be talking about Cam Young, but instead. Carson Young, but yet, I guess the sports books don't believe in this guy yet. He's still plus 13,000. Yeah, the sports books and the DFS pricing market, they just don't believe him in enough. And, and I think at 130 to 1, I'm willing to sprinkle again. Again, these are long shots for a reason. We're just sprinkling a few bucks here and there on these. And I think Carson Young at 130 to 1, you have to ask yourself, can he be in the conversation on Sunday? And honestly, I think he's proven himself in terms of being able to do that. So at 130 to one, what we want really on Sunday is a sweat with that number. And maybe we can hedge that number as we go down the back nine. I think that's long enough for me to speculate there. I mentioned Doug Gim at 75 to one. I, I've seen him compete in actually better fields than this before. It's been a while, but I do think he's back. So 75 to one makes sense. And then I'll throw out a, a long shot first round leader. I already had five there, but this guy, you can get a 90 to one, maybe hundred to one at some places, but Vincent Norman, he does seem like a really good course type. He can get it out there. He can catch fire. The problem is the putter with him. So he's going to have to catch fire with the putter, but I'd rather speculate on him as a first round leader because of those putting issues rather than an outright from, from a tournament standpoint. And that also feeds into a lot of people don't like waiting four days to catch. They like that first day, 18-hole sweat. And a plus 9,000, that'd be nice. Pay for the rest of the week. Quickly, my Justin Sullivan. This is why he's in the long shot section. I know the other guys don't particularly like him in head-to-heads this week, but he's talented, and he played well at the majors this year. And at some point, he is going to break through at a plus 6,000. I don't mind a little sprinkle on that. 
And then a little EC special, because I like to rub it in just a little bit when he doesn't get to be on the show. But this one at DraftKings, I absolutely love. Tony Finau and Ricky Fowler both to finish inside the top five. It pays out at plus 1,800. There's several other selections there if you're able to play on DraftKings. This is a really good way to almost get better odds. I know I know both have to, to finish, but they don't have to win. And plus 1,800 is better odds than individually for them to win at plus 1400 so i really like this because both guys are playing pretty well we know tony Finau is the defending champion and ricky fowler has just been playing lights out all right you know we like to every single one of our shows asking my guys what's the number one most important thing they're looking for this week you can use it for this week or use it into the future council let's start with you yeah, you know, it's interesting with this particular tournament, you know, I only had three guys as, as my main outrights. Granted, two of them were relatively short, but I will be looking for some in-tournament matchups, which, of course, I always drop on the early edge and on Twitter. But I'm looking for potentially some live plays, too. And the reason I bring that up now in this segment is because Rick asks me, hey, see, in your Sportsline article, you mentioned Ricky Fowler as an outright. And, and that was kind of a preliminary finding. I actually put all my picks uh Today, later today, I put some of those picks in the Sportsline article. But the one thing about Ricky that you have to understand is while I do like him, you are paying top price for his stock right now. You, you are literally paying for the stock at its top price. And so I don't at plus 1400, like coach said, I'm just not willing to take that. However, if Thursday doesn't go great for him, I might be willing to take him at 22 to one or 28 to one, depending on how that round goes, because we know he can catch fire. So for me, what I'm looking for here is a surprise name to maybe win this thing, but also a potential live bet from a, an elite player who finds himself in the middle of the pack on Thursday afternoon, Thursday night. Great analysis. Great information. Patrick, what do you got, big boy? Uh, for me, it's the three players I mentioned at the top, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, and Colin Morikawa. I truly believe one of them is going to seize this tournament. Coach, you liked JT. Sia, you liked Colin. I like Hideki. So any way possible, we'll, one of us will be right, which means the show will be right. So I think one of them <laughs> makes a massive move in the FedEx Cup playoffs with a victory this week uh, and positions himself nicely for a nice summer. And what I'm focused on is this is the first year of the playoffs being this way, the top 70. We're already seeing the ramifications of that. Think how good the Wyndham is going to be. Players that are 72, 75, 80, forced to play that particular week. We normally don't talk about the likes of Justin Thomas feeling pressure. He's got a five-year exemption. He's not worried about playing in every tournament, but he doesn't want to be shut out. He's a competitor. He's a killer. So how do these guys that are not having great years flip the switch and maybe this is the week. That's what I'm looking forward to. Gentlemen, as always, another great show. And should I point out that one of us next week will be hiking while the other two are working on a holiday? Can you guess which one won't be here next week? Wow, crickets. No one no one has a guess. Unbelievable, you know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> I guess we will. So with all that being said, I love you guys so much. There's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know <clears throat> what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these early wedge rocket mortgage tickets straight. Oh, God, I feel like CA yesterday. The window's over there. To the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. Patrick McDonald, the counselor, the snake always on the ones and twos, doing an amazing job. How good are the graphics these days? Phenomenal. And our entire crew and everybody in the chat, we could not do this without you. And oh, by the way, good news. 
We had a meeting this week. For those of you that like to listen to podcasts on Spotify and Apple and listen to us audio only, the Early Wedge will be going audio only in the next couple of weeks. So that's great news. It won't just be video anymore. I told you we're growing. We're growing. We grind for you so we can win with you. I am the coach. I love doing this. I love doing this. It's what we're all about right here at the Early Wedge. Good luck. <laughs>